lectures we've done, but started in 2009, and it's been every year since then. What does that make it for Ruth? He's counting. Eighth, eighth Bible college, eighth for Bruce, seventh for me, plus I've done some women's seminars and so on, so I absolutely love India, just in love with the people there. They are just amazing. And so that you understand, and I pray, and I hope that you will be praying for us, but uh, we do three to four, one and a half hour lectures each day to the Bible college students, and then we go out preaching in villages nearly every night. We occasionally get one off. Let me think when that was. Um, and going out on the weekend, staying often in a pastor's home, in their mud home, whatever that may be, and just ministering all weekend. So would you pray for health and strength for us, please? <laughs> that would be really good. Um, and we, we just love doing this. We feel very centred in God, in his will. As we, as we do that. And that is a very precious thing to feel, isn't it? So, yes. So, this morning, wow, 2017 today. What a way to start it on a Sunday. That's, that's really awesome to start it in God, to start it by praising God. Now, our senior pastor, Pastor Scott, has ask today that we have an anointing service, which we are going to do. So I thought I would love to speak to you on the anointing. Now, as you know, in the word, anointing is used in a number of ways, and so an example for healing. But I'm just focusing on one way this morning, and that is being anointed for God's kingdom purposes for our lives. So that's what I want to look at. <coughs> the anointing comes, this anointing comes, of course, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The gifts and anointing are sometimes used interchangeably, but I think we need to pray for the anointing on our gifts that God has given us and for their use in God's kingdom purposes for our lives. The anointing on a God-given Holy Spirit gift that he has given us makes it function with ease. It's special. It's precious. It's an amazing thing. And as we... I believe we need to pray for the anointing on our kingdom task, on what God calls us to do. And that's what we're going to do later. But, you know, as we fulfil that kingdom task or tasks that God has called us to do, I believe we need to be continually filled by the Holy Spirit. And it's precious. It's a beautiful gift. It empowers us. It makes us strong. There is a freshness 
when we are anointed for the kingdom task that God has given us. You know, there were three different types of anointing in the Old Testament. The first was the anointing of the priests. And in Leviticus 8.2 it says, He poured some of the anointing oil onto Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. So the priests were anointed. They were anointed once for that task, but I'm sure that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, there was anointing for kings. In 1 Samuel 16, 13, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. How awesome was that? Three times David was anointed as king. That first time was private. It took place when Samuel the prophet found him as a boy in his home of of his father Jesse. And he was out minding the sheep and had to be called in. The second time David was anointed was after Saul's death when the tribe of Judah anointed him as king. And the third time was when all of Israel came and pledged loyalty to him. So for three tasks, David was anointed. And then not only priests and kings, there was anointing for prophets. 1 Kings 19.16 Anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. There's the king's anointing again. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from Abel Meloah, to succeed you as prophet. You know, Jesus in the New Testament was priest, king, and prophet. He was anointed. Let's see what he says in Luke. 18 he says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me Jesus was anointed he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to proclaim release to the captives recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord Let's have a look what it says in Ephesians 5.18. It says, when we are filled, it says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. The right kind of Spirit, obviously, Paul was saying there. But this The tense that was used in that verb means being filled, as Pastor Bruce has taught us so many times over the years. Be, keep on being filled, or be filled and be filled and be filled again and again. So anointing, we see it, people, as being anointed for a task. The kings, the prophets the priest, Jesus himself. But it tells us to be 
filled and filled and filled again continually with the Holy Spirit. It's continual. When a Christian accepts a new responsibility or sees a task ahead that God has given them or has something new coming up to do for the kingdom of God, this is good for the start of 2017, isn't it? Wow, there's a whole new year starting. I believe we each need an anointing of the Holy Spirit for that task. But as we continue to fulfill the work God's called us, we get constantly refilled by the Holy Spirit. The anointing equips us for a task or a purpose in God. And when God calls us, you may think, oh, me? 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 But you know what? doesn't matter if we've been a Christian for a week, a month, a year, or a decade. God has a task for us to do. And we need that anointing. It equips us for the task and the purpose in God because when God calls us, He qualifies us, he equips us, he prepares us. This is a process, but you know what? There is always something for us to do. It doesn't matter if we're 99 and we feel as though we can do very little. Do you know what? There is always something that we can do if we are open to God and ready to speak the word, to pray for people, to do whatever we're called to do. It doesn't matter if we are five years old and love Jesus. There's a task the next day. Age is not a criteria here for the anointing of God. It is for children. It is for youth. It is for young adults. It is for adults and it's for people like me too. Never too young or too old. We simply have to yield ourselves to the Spirit for this anointing. Psalm 92.10 David says, you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. He also says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil, which says too he has already been anointed, but there is a fresh oil anointing, and I believe that's what we're going to do today. There's going to be a fresh oil anointing for 2017 if you want that. We need to be ready. A new year is here, 2017 today. And you know what? For you, for you, for you, God has new kingdom purposes for your life in 2017. Yes, some are going to continue. 
Yes, you'll go on. But God always does new. He always does new. So be ready. Be listening. Be hearing from him. Know that he is going to speak to you. He will. Get used to his voice. It's the still, small voice. Sometimes it's just like a feather flutter. And you think, was that God? Yes, it was. So be ready. It's never the same as the old season. There's always something new. There's always a new season coming in God. But you know what, folks? There's an anointing thief out there. Satan wants to stop the anointing of God on your life because he knows that it destroys the yoke. He knows that if you step into that, it's like, whoa, heaven's going to break loose on earth. Are you ready for it? Don't be afraid. I just felt a sense of fear somewhere. Don't be afraid. There's no need to fear. Because when you've got the power of God on you, when you've got the power of the Holy Spirit, when you've got his anointing, you can go for it. And I think when we get all of us before the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us will want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? So, you know, what is openness to the Spirit? Humility, recognizing that we don't know everything, (laughs) being aware that we need more of the Holy Spirit always. You know, the Pharisees thought that they were very pious. They thought they had it all together. You know why? Because they affirmed what God had done in a previous generation like, yes, God has sent us the prophets. Yep, we know that was right. We know that was in God. Uh Uh-huh. But what were they missing of the now? What were they missing of the present generation? They missed the Messiah. They were missing it, just as they thought they were just so pious and absolutely walking in righteousness. Folks, let's not do that. (laughs) Let's be open to whatever God has for you, for us, in this generation now. Let's be just so open, so humble, and say, God, whatever. I'm hearing what you're saying, God. I want to do that. We need to have a conscious desire to find God and miss nothing that can be received from him. You know, the Holy Spirit, it's often said he's a gentleman. He is. He is. If we don't listen, if we push him away, it's not like he's the bully boy who pushes back in. It's not like that. And also know that God is just willing to give us so much. He's just ready. But we just need to be humble. We need to be ready to receive. We need to have that desire to find God. So let me just share with you some things that can hold us back. 
because I think it's really strategic to talk about these things because the 1st of January 2017 is a good day to, to sort out some of this stuff and get it finished with and go on for the new year. Amen? <coughs> so things, some things to watch for and deal with immediately. Number one, confess sin. You know, we just cannot have sin in our lives. If we want to be really strategic for God, we cannot have sin in our lives. We need to deal with it just as God told us to. We need to confess it. We need to repent of it. And repenting does not mean being sorry. It means a lot bigger than that. It means like doing a U-turn and not doing that again. You know, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. <coughs> Sometimes we can think, and I've preached on this before, but we can think, oh, this, son is, this sin is so bad, I need to be punished for it a bit more. I can't let it go because it was so bad that. No, that's not God's heart. God just wants us to confess it, repent of it, and let him cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. So we go on guiltless, white as snow. We've just got to get that, folks, okay? We've just got to get it. Number two is to forgive others. Ephesians 3, 4.31. Get rid of. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Get rid of. All business, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. In number one, it was getting rid of regrets that we have because of our sin. Number two is to forgive. Do you know what? If we keep un <coughs> unforgiveness in our hearts towards others, bitterness starts. And guess what? They might start with a little kernel and it grows and grows and grows if you let it. Can I just say to you today, if you have any bitterness or upset, rage or anger towards someone, just make a choice to forgive them. Now, Jesus did not say you have to feel it before you do it. No, he didn't. Feelings have nothing to do with it. It's a choice to say, Lord, I forgive this person for whatever they did to me in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm being obedient to you and I am simply forgiving them. I'm doing it now today, New Year's Day 2017. 
Don't go by feelings. Go by the choice that you make and that you do it in God. Does that make sense? Because that's how it is and that's what the Bible says and I'm preaching it this morning. Number three, be an encourager. Don't speak against others. In the third chapter of James... It says, with the tongue we praise our Father, and with it, the tongue, we curse human beings. So we can do either, can't we? We can encourage people or we can put them down. Putting them down can be done quite subtly, but it's still putting them down. It's still malicious, it's still bad. He goes on to say, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Number four, have a solid prayer and Bible reading life. 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best. Now, notice what God says here. Just do your best. It doesn't have some place of perfection for this, folks. It's do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. God's given us his word. Let's read it. Let's know it. Let's go through it. Let's study it because in this we learn of God and we get to know God. This is our primary source. It's the book God gave us to know him and understand his heart. Let's do it. Of course, he also always speaks to us in other ways, words of knowledge, prophetic words and so on. But it always lines up with this book. If it doesn't, let it fall to the ground, I tell you now. Have a solid prayer life too. Be one who just prays, who is in touch with God 24-7 but has prayer time. Number five, walk in the light God gives you, 1 John 7, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You know, if we walk in the light and if we look, you know, this is part of it, these things are all interlinked. When we have God's word, we are really linked in with the light. We are walking in the light. And as we do that, we are purified. We are sanctified. It's a process. Number six, learn to know the Spirit's voice, Hebrews 3, 7 to 8. So as the Holy Spirit says, today... If you hear his voice, good day to hear it, Lord. Yes. 
Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Let's know his voice. Let's get to know it. It's, it's, you know, like, ask God questions. David inquired of the Lord all the time. The disciples asked Jesus, who, who knows how many questions they asked him when he was here on earth. It's plenty mentioned in the Gospels. It's like, we can ask him too. And he will answer. We will just, it's just like a, a feather of a thought coming through. I know I asked him something last night about this morning and just a feather of a thought came through and I thought, oh, okay, right. Number seven, develop an ability to recognise God's presence. Just know God's presence and we do that by coming into his presence, by doing this stuff, by knowing him, by having the intimacy with him. Do you know what? It is our intimacy that makes us so intimidating to the enemy. It is that intimacy with God. It is our confidence in his love, knowing our position in Christ, knowing the fellowship we have with the Holy Spirit. They all combine to take us to the place of being so loved that we lose all fear. Do you remember in Um, In Acts 4, Peter and John had met the lame man at the gate. And Peter took this man by the hand and God healed him. And they then began to preach the power of the name of Jesus. But of course, the priests and the leaders and the teachers in the temple didn't like that, so they got right onto them. Talk about yesterday's generation. Hey, let's never be that. Let's be today and tomorrow's. And you know what? They couldn't even... The people were so thrilled with everything that had happened that... They realised they really could not come against them. And after that, they must have been a bit shocked and that by what the leaders had done. And they said, they came to the Lord in prayer on their release. They went back to their own people and they reported to them all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. They go on a bit later and say, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against you, and your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did, what your, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. 
Stretch out your hand, Lord, to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And you know what? That's what they did. They came together and they prayed and they believed. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit yet again and spoke the word of God boldly. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? So that's, they received a fresh anointing, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. They gathered together in prayer. You know, we need that unity together more than ever today. King David was called and anointed to serve the purposes of God in his generation. Amen? And what a mighty job he did. He was a man after God's heart. We now, today, are called and appointed to serve the the purpose of God in our generation and specifically in 2017. We're called to do it. In 1 Peter 2.9 it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Priests, holy nation, God's special possession. We are part of his kingdom family. We are made all to be kings and priests. That's us today. In 1 Peter 2.5 it says, You come to him as living stones, a spiritual house that is being built into a holy priesthood. God says you're a priest. That may seem a bit scary and confusing, but you know what? Priests have privileges. In the Old Testament, it was only the priests who could go into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest, in fact, could go into that place. And they had the right and the privilege and the responsibility of speaking directly with God. You know what? We are all priests. We are part of a holy priesthood today. We all uh, have access because when Jesus died, the temple veil, which is about three inches thick I read in one place, was torn from top to bottom. So we all have access into the holy place. Matthew Henry, who is a famous theologian, wrote commentaries and so on said this, he has not only purchased liberty for them, but the highest honour and preferment. He made them kings and priests, kings to reign over their own spirits, to overcome the world, the evil one, and he makes them priests, giving them access to himself and liberty to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Wow, he can put it so well. But you know, you have been gifted for ministry 
to serve other people. Every Christian is a minister. Not necessarily a pastor, but every one of us is a minister, to minister to others. Whenever you help somebody else, you are ministering. Some people have the most beautiful gift of helps. Oh, my goodness, we need these people in the church so much. God bless them all. What a beautiful gift. And it's a Holy Spirit anointed gift. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, It is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began. Wow. How do you know what your ministry is? Hey, have a look at the talents, gifts and abilities that God has already given you. When you are using what he's given you to help others, you're ministering. That's ministry. Can you be a priest in a sales office or in a truck? Yep, you can. That's what we do. That's how we roll. We rock it along. We do it well. You rock your job in God. Keep your crown straight, girls, and just rock it, okay? And listen to God. He will show you. He will show you. You know, I told my dad as a small child that I was going to be a missionary. It's like, I just knew. Bruce got up behind the pulpit in Lismore one day and said he was going to be a preacher one day. And he was. Sometimes we know from when we're really young. Other times, God shows us the process slowly. Both are equally valid. Gosh, if God had told me everything I was going to do, I think I would have hidden under a rock and never come out. But hey, he did it slowly. Good one, God. (laughs) So are you captivated by Jesus? Because history is made by those who are captivated. Intimate. Know him, want to go after him, and you will have great fruitfulness because his favour will be on you. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. It's not that. Sometimes it's not. Read about Paul's, what happened to Paul in the New Testament. But man, he was captivated by Jesus. He was captivated. He knew him. He just went on and did God's work. So 2017, you know, in... 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 13, it says, provision begins with a seed. And 2017 can be your seed year. It's your year to be intentional. What are you going to plant this, this year? What does God want you to do for the kingdom? What are his purposes for you? What seed? A seed isn't very big, folks. We needn't freak out. It's like it's a seed. He puts it in your hand, but it will grow in his good timing. And are you able to do it? Yes, you are. Christ will strengthen you. So it's your turn to prophesy to that seed and say, yes and amen. That seed's going to grow. Yes, I'll do whatever it takes, Lord. Yes, It will be fruitful. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do whatever you call me to do with that seed. Prophesy to the seed. Say, yes, Lord. Just do it as the Holy Spirit directs you. 
not hard. Just put yourself at Christ's disposal. Nothing between you and him so that you can truly fulfill his purposes on earth. You know, today we start a new year. Today we start 2017. And we're going to do something special now. We're going to do communion and anointing together. What a beautiful thing to be able to do. You have the opportunity to be anointed for God's kingdom purposes for 2017. Because I want to say to you, I don't care if you're four years old or you're in your 90s. God has something for you for 2017. So let's just do it. Let's be anointed for that. (coughs) As we have communion, we're going to have another person who will just be to the side of the people who are giving communion. Pastor Scott, Pastor Natalie, myself, Joshua are going to, are available to anoint you for 2017 for the purposes of the kingdom of God in your life this year. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to do what God has for you to do? So we're remembering Jesus. And we're also going to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to go on for you as well. We're remembering him and we're going to do the kingdom purpose for him too. But he said... He said to us to remember him. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he did that in such a precious way for us. This is my blood, which is shed for you. And he did that for us. He did all that for us so that we could walk in the light and no longer be in darkness. He did that so that we could be with him for all eternity in the light. Let's respond to that by being anointed for his purposes for this year. Could the people doing communion please come forward? Let's come forward for communion and just thank God for what he's done. Thank Jesus.
and be ready for 2017.